Welcome to the Physics Teaching Podcast, the podcast by physics teachers for teachers of physics. Is that right way round? Yes, that is the right way round. Oh, there we go. Excellent. <laughs> Hi, I'm Thomas WP. I'm a part-time A-level only physics teacher and I'm joined by my good friend Robin Griffiths. Yes, I'm a Capricorn and I like pina coladas and... and getting naked in the rain and I am a former physics teacher who now works for the Institute of Physics but all my views are my own and uh, they have not sanctioned me in any way to do this yeah episode 19 19 no 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 19 for people of a certain age yeah I remember the cricket version of that they yes. he did a, a spoof cricket version didn't he no 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 19 David Gower averaged no no 19 not out or something yeah absolutely and talking of not out this is the most tenuous link ever but the Philae lander is not out it, 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 they found it didn't they They, they the good old Philae lander which which had gone AWOL they, they suspected what was it that the harpoon they'd shot into the, the asteroid had uh, had made it slingshot into something and caused it all sorts of problems and that was their hypothesis and, and they proved it right they found they found it looking rather forlorn yes it had bounced hadn't it it, it they, it landed, I mean, the gravity is tiny, and it had mm. landed and shot this harpoon into the ground, hoping it would catch, and clearly didn't. Whether I, I don't remember if the harpoon never fired, or if the harpoon fired and it never caught, but it did an enormous bounce in this low gravity, and they sort of worked out it was probably in half shadow on its side, mm. and they've been looking for it ever since, and they just found it. Poor old Philae. It, it's it's yeah. a, a vaguely sad story, isn't it? To go all that way and then, then at the last hurdle, it, it just didn't happen for Philae. It is a sad story, but it's it was pretty triumphant. They got a lot of good data out of it. Yeah. It just, exactly. It's taken them three years to find it. Yeah. A sad story. There's a rather forlorn little picture of it sitting in the shadow that we'll link to in the show notes. Imagine landing something on a comment. It's, it's, it's barely credible, isn't it? I, the, the, the distance away, the speed they had to reduce to to get to it i was talking to my kids about getting rid of radioactive waste the other day and they were saying Mm. oh put it in a rocket and fire it into the sun like Mm. i think they say every year Mm. and i was discussing with them well how do you fire it into the sun because if you're just a tiny bit off it comes straight back into your orbit (laughs) slingshot back again so you've actually got to stop it and let it fall into the sun so well how fast is the earth orbiting the sun Quite fast, so you actually need quite a lot of energy to stop it, and it's just not credible. Well, isn't it also just just to get it into orbit, the, the, the cost per kilo of, of payload into orbit is thousands and thousands of dollars. So trying to dispose of nuclear waste, in, even if we put it in orbit, which would be a rather stupid thing to do, would cost way, way too much. Even ignoring the cost, the health and safety might be a bit of a problem. Well, that too so many issues with uh, chucking yeah. it into space but they always suggest it don't they they I know. always suggest and it the, but there's no there's no angle from which you can look at this that makes it a good idea and it's always really tricky isn't it but it's just like oh get rid of it but i think it's, it's sort of it, it's something slightly about the human mentality isn't it of oh just chuck it somewhere because then we don't have to worry about it anymore so we'll just put our mess somewhere else and then we have to do which is why the oceans are full of plastic i guess it is and that reminds me of uh, another, the other podcast i mentioned the other day science ish they were actually mm. doing a, a podcast on wally the film and that was all about throwing away waste that was an eye-opener i can tell you it's a great podcast science ish i recommend it anyway we're getting a bit distracted yes uh, and I, I think it's it's procrastination because we're a bit scared about this episode which is it's all about energy 
Oh, I've said it. There we go. Let's dive in. I need a, I need a big organ here, if you excuse the expression, just to sort of when you say energy. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll look for that, and if people have heard it, then they'll 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 know I found it. So yeah, energy. I think that the place to start is if you were teaching a class of younger children starting yeah. their high school career, like eleven year olds, so year seven, mm. as we'd call them. What would you say energy was, Robin? Well, to be honest, I, I, even before I found the IOP thing, and I do have to say this, I'm, I'm quite chuffed with this, I used to say that energy, I mean, first of all, it's a very, very difficult thing to define, I used to say that, but I said like, the best definition I thought was that it was a currency uh, for forces, if you like, that's what I used to say, I used to say energy is a currency for forces. Really? Yeah, I did. I've never heard that before. Never. Heard, what I used to use was uh, from a textbook that in my very first job, and I thought, well, I've got to teach energy. Mm-hmm. What, what on earth do I say? I had no idea. And it just said, energy makes things happen. Yes. And I stuck with that for years and years and years until recently. And then picking up on an episode last week, I was on Twitter the other day, and someone asked for a definition of energy. And I said, energy makes things happen. Mm. And someone said, well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that's, that's quite good. But um, and we tossed it around a bit. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was, and I'll put it in the show notes if I find it. He came up with a much better thing, which energy lets things happen, yes. and I like that. Yeah. I, I really like that. Energy lets things happen. That's a good definition. So it's a potential difference, isn't it? If something's got potential to do something. The energy lets it do that something. Yes, and if you don't have enough energy, it doesn't let it happen. That's kind of exactly. Yeah. yeah so that's a good starting point. Energy lets things happen. However, the IOP is sort of boulder googly for those of you in the Commonwealth who know cricket. They boulder googly. The old school teachers like me have talked about flavours of energy, kinetic potential, elastic, chemical. All these types of energy have been told we'd really like you to teach it in a different way. And this different way is by talking about energy as energy stores. Okay, now that's a take. Now, I am going to uh, defend the IOP here because um, that's a particular take on it. So you think you say boulder googly, and you said they've asked us to teach it a different way. They've asked people to look at a different model for teaching energy. And the rationale behind this, if I might, is that it is very difficult with the old school model of energy. There are seven types of energy and all this sort of stuff um, to, or however many it was, I can't remember, uh, to get a coherent story about energy. So if you asked kids, for example, to write an energy story about how a hydroelectric dam worked, and you asked 20 kids in your class, for example, to write that story, every single one of them would have a different story about precisely what it was, what it meant. They'd talk about potential energy of the water turning into kinetic energy at the bottom, and so on and so forth. Now, one thing I could probably guarantee was that they'd all write something different, and all of their versions would be at some level incorrect. So the idea is that that can't be right in a science, it can't be that it's so open to interpretation and still be scientific. So the IOP's argument is that we teach a slightly different way of, of energy that is more consistent and more coherent and actually has something that people can identify as being a, a, a right answer, if you like. I, I'm not sure you play much cricket because a, a googly is a, a ball that you think is going one way and goes the other way. Okay. And I, it's, it's a way of make, it's making you think differently. And, and I certainly agree with you. It's a different model. Yeah. Uh, I, I think... I, I was 
I welcomed it when I first heard it, but that doesn't mean I found it easy to, to wrap my head around it because I've had no. limited exposure to it. But talking to you in these last few weeks, 20, nearly 20 weeks, because <laughs> yeah, um, I've got no one to talk to you about it at school, um, I feel I'm getting clearer. And I went to the source on this. Uh, we interviewed for the electricity episode Tom Norris. And he had told me when I spoke to him then that he really, what he really would like to talk about was energy. Great. Hello, Tom. I had a, a really, really enlightening chat with Tom. And let's hear it. I'm Tom Norris, Head of Physics at Huntington Research School in New York. I'm also an Institute of Physics School's physics coach, so I run sessions uh, training teachers for the Stimulating Physics Network. The views that I'm saying here are, are my own, although I work for the Institute of Physics and, and my school. I'll be just giving my opinions today. Thank you again, Tom, for coming on the podcast to help me with my worries about energy. Now, you you are a self-professed someone who likes talking about energy. So I'm going to start with the burning question I have. Why is a pathway not a store? Okay, right. The way to think about this is the... I'm going, to, I'm going to call it the new approach to energy, even though it's not new in the literature and um, the Institute of Physics materials on this have been online for a long time. But that was standing, the new approach to energy... Um, distinguishes between stores which are basically I, I think of it in terms of ways that energy can be stored and then processes by which energy can be transferred from one system to another um, so in the case of for example gravitational energy if you move something to a certain height then you can think of you've put energy into a system the earth object system and you could calculate the amount of energy stored by the system with your raised object in that raised position. And the system would continue to have that energy that you've calculated as long as the system stays in that kind of configuration. So you can kind of think of you've put energy into the system and that energy is still there. So it's kind of easy. The, the language of that energy is stored in the system, say, ready to be released when, say, the object falls down. I think the language of stores is quite useful. Whereas that is the a pathway, if you'd like to use that language, I tend not to use the word pathway, actually, but we can talk about that in a moment, um, is a process by which energy is transferred. How did the system get the energy? Well, you did work on the book to raise it up. So the pathway is the process of you doing work. It's a physical process. You had to exert a force on the book to lift it. And um, that's the earth book system then ended up in a new configuration with the book high up on a on a shelf um so it distinguishes between the physical process which was me lifting the book that's what happened and then the result is that a calculated quantity the gpe mgh has increased so i think that is for me the way i think about the difference so what do you use instead of pathway so I've seen the word pathway used and talked about, um, but I just think what we're talking about when we're talking about a pathway is any process by which energy is transferred. And what I mean from one system to another, and I think what I mean by that is any process that results in like there was a before point and then some processes happen and an after point. And if at the after point you do your energy calculations, your MGH, or if, if you could say calculate the energy stored 
the uh, energy in my body's chemical store, the energy in my body's chemical store would have gone down by a certain point and the energy in the gravitational store would have gone up by a certain amount. And a pathway is just kind of the big kind of umbrella term for the processes by which energy was transferred or a way of transferring energy. So I tend to still use the word transfers or energy transfer mechanisms or process by which energy is transferred. Or if I'm talking to a class, I might say, okay, so we've calculated that the book gained gravitational potential energy uh, or the book's store, uh, gravitational store increased. Uh, why did it increase? And all I'm looking for there is, well, it's because I lifted it. I changed the system. That was the, I, I did work on the book. So if, if you want to kind of use language, maybe the, you could say the pathway was uh, mechanical working um, or doing work. Uh, basically, I just lifted it. I exerted a force on it. And that's, in my mind, that's all what all the pathway means, a process by which energy is transferred. So another another thing that the stores and transfers approach does is it does away with energy being in different forms so it's much better i think to talk about energy as a unifying concept so there's um and that's one of the reasons why the symbol for energy on for example the aqa gcse formula sheet is always a capital e but then with a subscript so it's um energy in the gravitational store or energy in the kinetic store so capital a with a subscript k or energy in the elastic store, so capital E within a subscript E. So rather than there being kinetic energy, gravitational energy, kinetic energy, actually it's all just energy, but stored in different ways. Um, and part of the reason for that is we used to kind of do these kind of, in the traditional kind of forms of energy way of teaching energy, you would be given a situation like an electric circuit or another classic one is a hydroelectric power station. And then you do these chains of arrows where you say, okay, hydroelectric power station, we've got water high up, that's gravitational energy, then the water starts flowing, then so the gravitational energy turns into something totally different, kinetic energy. So there was something in the water when it was high up, gravitational energy, that magically turned into something else different in the water when it started moving, and we call that kinetic energy. And then something that was in that moving water then flowed into the generator into the, uh, the turbines in the generator and into the wires and we call that electrical energy whereas kind of there's nothing in physics really that says that there are these fundamentally different things it's actually it's all just energy but the we it's stored in different ways if i what i would say about the the motor example or the light bulb example is you look at, you decide what your start point and your end point is. So, okay, I'm going to choose a point which is before I've closed the switch in the circuit and there's a chemical store in the, uh, associated with the battery. And then I'm going, what I'm going to do is I'm going to close the switch and I'm going to let the motor run for a bit or I'm going to let the light bulb uh, shine for a bit. Um, and then with the switch still closed, I'm going to kind of take a snapshot, say five minutes later, or the motor's been running for five minutes or one minute, or with the bulb still on with the, one, with the bulb having been on for one minute. And I'm going to take a snapshot at that end point with the motor still running or the bulb still on. And I'm going to ask, okay, what's different now? So the bulb would be, if it's a bulb, let's say it's a bulb, the bulb is hotter and also the surroundings will be a bit warmer because some energy is transferred to the surroundings. And also the battery's chemical store of energy will have decreased. So I'm not really interested in the energy story of how those quantities changed. 
uh, sort of the battery, the decrease in the battery's chemical store of energy and the, the increase in the bulb in the bulb filament's thermal store of energy or the increase in the surroundings thermal store of energy. Um, I, I c- you could potentially tell a story about, well, there was what happened when I closed the switch was an electric current flowed and the bulb got the filament got hotter and started to glow and give out electromagnetic waves. Um, and this is all to do with electrons being accelerated by an electric field inside the wires and colliding into the ions of the metal. But I haven't used the word energy in that bit once at all. I yeah. only I only need to talk about energy if I'm may if I'm thinking about say between two points in time, uh, what store has gone down and what's what stores have increased, and then the power of then energy stores is however much if 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 an energy store has decreased then some other store somewhere in the universe must have increased by the same amount and it's that you can you can get to say by the same amount because you've always been talking about quantities of energy in a store as opposed to doing a labeling or transformations kind of game which actually hid that physics of the electric current and the heating effect and the emission of electromagnetic waves from the filament well, that's excellent. So I think just to, to summarize, we've got energy transfer processes, which is talking about the physics, the physical processes. We've got energy stores. A good question is to leave it running for a minute and say, what's different now? And a good phrase to use is energy loss in one store is the same amount of the energy increase elsewhere. So we've, we've got the same amount of energy. Absolutely. We've got conservation. Yeah. Well, Tom, you've really, really helped me. Thank you very much. No problem. I hope it helps uh, lots of people. Well, fantastic. I think Tom's really um, helped me to think about how you explain this better. I think he's, he's got a really uh, good argument there. I think I pick out that key idea that he, he talks about the old-fashioned system had this idea that there was something, that energy was something that was moving through a system. And of course, that's the, the new model does away with that because energy isn't anything. It's, it's nothing tangible. It's nothing real, if you like, in the sense of, of something in the world. It's, it's kind of like what allows things to happen. It's, it's a currency idea. The parallel that I've seen IOP coaches use when they're out in the field is, is the idea of currency. They sort of like put up um, pictures of three mobile phones on the overhead and two of them cost 90 quid and one of them costs 120 quid. And they said, if you've got 100 quid, you know, which of those mobile phones can you buy? And they say, oh, well, I can buy the two that cost 90 quid. And you say, of course. But that's the point, that the amount of money you have says what you can do, but it doesn't say what you will do. Uh, and this is energy. It's a sort of limiting factor calculation that, that allows you to say what might happen. But actually what makes things happen is the forces and the interactions between the particles and these sorts of things. And, and so the energy is just a, a different way of thinking about what can happen. Yes, it helped me hugely, mm. the thinking about leave it for a minute and think where the energy has moved to, yes. which store it's moved to. And it reminded me of episode three where Lauren told us about pouring water into cups in a shallow tray and the water spilling out. Just a sec, just to, if I can pick you up there, the idea of the energy hasn't moved because there is nothing to move. That's, that's the thing. This is, what is happening is the energy store, the amount of energy in a store has increased and it's decreased by, by the same amount in another. I've heard another one of the IOP coaches say, never mention the word energy unless you're going to do a calculation. <laughs> I thought was quite a good one as well. The only time this should matter is when you're trying to work out what potentially could or, or could not happen, uh, a limiting factor. But no, nothing is moving um, it, between, you know, when, when energy pathways are involved. It's it's just one story is depleting as another one increases. That 
that really helps as well. I'm, I'm still putting this together, aren't I? It's quite clear. Well, I don't think you're the only one because I know I am as well. And I'll bet you when I when I when Charles, my boss, uh, who, who promoted this in the first place, it wasn't his idea, but he certainly um, put it put it out there as a, as a promoted thing. Um, I suspect if, I, if if he listens to this, he'll pull me up on a few bits of my terminology and tell me, the ah, no, you need to do something there. So I shall try and grab him for a few minutes and, and get him to talk a little bit about energy because he is very convincing and funny. Yes, the idea's been around for 15 years. We're going to release a, a long version of that chat I had with him because he does go into much more detail. It's, yeah. it's 20 minutes long. And he does talk about how old this idea is. He, co- he says, I'm going to call it the new energy model mm. but it's not new no <laughs> it's 15 years old at least yeah yeah so that that helps when you said there and picked me up and i felt bad because i got it wrong i was thinking well no it ties in so well when we did electricity in episode 10 mm. and we were talking about the rope model and i was really thinking that this does show that energy isn't something and honestly i think all these years i've been teaching i've never really thought about energy in that depth before so energy yeah. isn't something all that warms your hands is the difference in potential of the rope before and after the hand and the the nothing moves into your hand your hand gets warmer by a process yes and that really helped me this idea of processes are what's going on as in the extended interview we talk about what's happening in the electric circuit and you have a chemical change which increases the kinetic energy of the electrons and they collide with the filament and the, the electrons go up a level and they come down a level and they agitate and they release light and all this stuff uh but that's all process you don't mention energy he says you don't mention energy at all when you're explaining that well charles will be so happy to hear you say that because that's exactly the point is his his main uh, one of his main arguments to viewing energy in this way is it gets rid of this idea of energy being a thing and focuses you in on the important physics that's going on which is the idea of, as you say electrons colliding and uh, particles bashing into each other in different uh, scenarios and all sorts of, and gravity attra- attracting an object uh, or gravity between two objects m- making a force of attraction all those things those are real physical processes that are of interest the energy thing becomes a bit of a distraction if you think about it in the old way yeah, so this chat and this episode has really, really helped form my new view of it. It, it, it makes much more sense. I, I particularly found helpful the, let's leave it for a minute and then think about what has gone down and what has gone up, what's increased and what's decreased. And he actually said, it says in the chat, it's all about calculations. And I didn't really understand that at the time. But I think now you've clarified that only using it for calculations because all we're talking about is increases and decreases. And... I like that idea of, of currency to explain energy, but it still suggests there's something there because when I've got currency, I've got money in my pocket. It's more like it's, like it's like contactless, isn't it? It's like contactless card. Yes, exactly. So that, that's when I used to go to the thing and everybody said, not like coins in your pocket, but like when you, when you pay for something or when you transfer money over the internet between two bank accounts, what actually gets moved? Nothing physical gets moved from one place to another, but none, nonetheless, there is an increase in one and a decrease in the other. And something happens. I think what I found the hardest with it is I used to have some really nice sort of mental conceptions of things that I built up over time. Uh, that were built up with the old-fashioned model of energy. <laughs> and I suppose yeah, things like elliptical orbits or spaceships going from slingshotting around the moon, uh, things like that, those are things. I, and trying to reprofile my explanation in terms of the new energy of stores and transfers is really tricky. 
So another example is the roller coasters. You know, classically, how would I explain a roller coaster? I'd say, oh, yeah, the, the thing gets cranked up at the beginning and increases its gravitational potential energy, and then it goes down the other side, and that gravitational potential energy gets converted into kinetic energy, and then it goes up again, and that's the kinetic energy is converted into... Gra- and, of course, you can't explain it like that anymore. It's a different thing. You talk about stores and transfers, and so that familiar old-fashioned expectation, or explanation, I should say, is now dead to me i can't use it anymore and i have to reprofile all my <laughs> explanations so in some ways if if you're a, if you're new to physics and and you you haven't got all that baggage to bring with you you're in a bit of an advantageous position because if you can get used to using the stores and pathways argument straight away you won't have the problem of having all this old-fashioned conceptions of things that you have to re-explain and reprogram it might be useful to actually talk about that roller coaster in the new style because there will be people like me out there who are grappling with this. My understanding now is that we should think about two events in that roller coaster. So we think about the roller coaster just after it leaves the platform, and we think about the roller coaster at the top of the slide before it starts to go down the track. And we would say at the bottom of the track, it has a zero kinetic energy stored, and it has zero potential energy stored. And at the top of the track, it has a large potential energy store. And if we look at it like that, then we think, hang on, we've gained energy from nothing. So I guess we then have to go back to the start, don't we, and think, where is the energy store that is turned into gravitational? So that's the mechanical energy of the crank, isn't it? So it's the, it's the mechanical energy store um, is uh, increased. Um, so that, Sorry, mechanical energy, tra- obviously this is the thing I get, get so tripped up on it. See, you're talking about a process there, aren't you? Yeah. It must be the, it's coming from the, electrical energy which would this it's a, it's troublesome isn't it very troublesome yeah it is it's it's, it's you throw me because the question you asked is what stores it come from and the, the way i tend to think about it is what's the interesting process and the interesting process is the work done against gravity so what's happened is that work's been done against gravity which has resulted in a transfer to the gravitational store um, and where's that? That what's what's the the store from which that has been transferred? Well, that is the um, electrical energy, isn't it? The electrical, or is that a transfer? I can never remember. It's problematic, isn't it? Maybe we need to go back to Tom. I I would say, having talked to Tom, that the store that that energy comes from is the chemical store in the gas in the gas turbine. That generates the electricity there's many 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 processes between burning that gas and lifting the uh, roller coaster up its track mm-hmm. but that's the interesting store isn't it yes i think that's that's the ori- original store and then you've got the transfer of electrical energy that, so that's that's the pathway is the electrical energy to the roller coaster car one of the better word which increases its gravitation and of course you can think about all sorts of steps in between but the you're right the stores of interest are the chemical store in the power station and the gravitational store in the roller coaster car. Yes, because we wouldn't really talk about the kinetic energy store of the electrons in the wire. That's that's too confusing. You, you think, where does the energy come from? Well, really, on our human scale, it comes from whatever generates the electricity. You might say it comes from the kinetic energy store of the wind. Uh, and then there's many, many processes down the line that end with the car going up the track so again i'm not sure it's helpful to think about energy coming from that i think it's just it's literally just the stores in the pathway so you can break it down into individual interactions along the way like the electrons in the wire and all the rest of it if you want to so you can consider all of the processes involved 
um, and you consider the the chain that 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 latches the little spigot on the bottom of the <laughs> the roller coaster car and drags it up the the slope and all you can consider all of those things and you can consider the friction you can do all of those things but the only ones you're really interested in are the interesting stores the chemical energy to start with and the gravitational potential energy to finish with so you're ignoring all of the processes in between in favor of those two but you could consider those and the argument would still hold and that's where it's better than the old system because in the old system all of those different arguments would be open to interpretation and you'd end up getting tripping over yourself and no two descriptions would be the same yeah so if we talk about that gas chemical store at the start and the store of potential at the end the store of potential at the end has increased but not by as much as the chemical store at the start has decreased and there will be the heat in the universe has increased the heat store in the universe has increased because of inefficiencies Hmm. can we can we say that uh, so I think the argument I've I've heard Charles put forward is that any process, if you consider it over long enough term, ends up with the heat store of the universe increasing, and that's just another expression of entropy. Um, so everything ends up in the universe's heat store um, eventually. Uh, so that that's a, a kind of a way you can think about it. So along the way, every single transfer results in the universe's heat store increasing a little increasing. bit. And going back to the roller coaster, I think it's much more likely we would ignore the lifting it up the track and we'd say at the top of the track it has a potential energy store mm-hmm. and it's stationary so it has zero kinetic energy stored. And at the bottom of the track its potential energy store has decreased and its kinetic energy store has increased by the mm. same amount of energy in a perfectly efficient system. Yeah, and I think they prefer the term gravitational store and kinetic store, not actually saying they're energy stores, because I think it can... <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, but this is the trouble. This is The, the precision of the language is, is part of the problem. That's the thing that I think is causing everybody the most difficulty, is, is the idea of getting the language right, um, which I will have not have done. So please, dear listener, you, you, you're absolutely right. I'll have mucked it up royally loads of ways through this, because it's really hard to completely reprogram your understanding of a, a subject when you're <clears throat> a little bit over 30. <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> so uh, uh, potential is a banned word i've got to visualize that with a big red x through it so it's a gravitational store okay yeah because potential is 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 an ambiguous word because it, it could provide chemical or elastic or, or or gravitational so it's just saying gravitational store elastic store chemical store the, these are all yeah. more useful terms uh, let's assume we're in, a, we're in a perfectly efficient world, and within a couple of years, every single graduate of high school here, every single sixth former, has a perfect understanding of the new model. Hooray, well done us. And they talk about gravitational stores, and they talk about transfer processes, and then they go and get a job uh, or go and do a degree in America. Mm-hmm. So how does that how does this way of talking affect them when they go and talk to people who are not taught this way of teaching energy because i have spoken to both patrick caplow and a university professor brian lane about this Uh, it's probably good to hear what brian had to say great hi i'm brian and i'm a physics professor in the united states If they refer to kinetic energy as an energy store, I would probably tilt my head for a few minutes. 
usually when I think of storing energy, and maybe I maybe I'm confusing store the noun with store the verb, but when I think of storing energy, I specifically think of potential energy, right? Because we talk about potential energy as energy you have in reserve that you can then turn into kinetic energy at some point later. And in, in, in my mind, kinetic energy is the thing that you do with the stored energy. But I do so so apart apart from the term store, however, I, I I can probably quibble over that for a little bit. But apart from that, I do like the division of having things like kinetic energy or, or, or a kinetic energy store, a chemical energy store, a gravitational energy store. I like having that separated from the carriers or pathways or transfers. What I do like about the division is that it's it seems to be focusing on like the type of energy that you have inside of the system versus the energy that you have going away from the system or going into the system. So apart from the names of the categories, I I do like the division. It seems to basically be a more formal and maybe nicer way of distinguishing energy, regular types of energy from work and heat is what it seems like. So in summary, if someone British who'd been educated purely Mm -hmm. by people more competent than me in this new way of talking about it, they would be able to communicate with scientists in America. Yes. Uh, and it would encourage some interesting conversations. I think so. And I think that first, like like in my context, if they came to my class, I think that first day of trying to work out what they meant by store, they would come to understand a little bit better and I would come to understand a little better. What a positive end to that little segment. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what I'd say is, is that... The, the difference is that it's easy, it will be easier for our um, future students who are conversant with a new model to adapt their language to the traditional model than it would be the other way around. Because I think the new model is more complete and coherent, and so therefore slight adaptations to the language there will not cause massive amounts of confusion. One of the reasons that I get confused with the new language and all the rest of it is because the old-fashioned way wasn't very precise and wasn't very good. It wasn't a particularly good way of talking about energy. So I think the new way is simpler, sleeker, and more elegant, and it focuses more on the physics. So therefore, future students will be better equipped. Yes, and I was very grateful to Brian for actually looking up. I'd sent him a link and he studied it beforehand, so he was, he was very conversant with it. Thank you, Brian. I, I agree with you. I think someone who's fully conversant with this can talk. The language is very similar. I don't think people would feel they made no sense. And maybe you know, the UK is little ripple in the pond spreading out across the world, spreading this new way of talking about energy that hopefully makes mistakes harder to make in the understanding of the changing levels of energy stores. Indeed. That's probably enough to, for today, Robin. I saw you face to face today when I handed over your new T-shirt. My new T-shirt is beautiful. It is lovely, and uh, yes, I, I'm 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 very very chuffed with it. It's a lovely design. Uh, open bracket, capital T, capital P, close bracket, squared. The physics teaching podcast, TPTP. Yeah, now available in our shop for anyone crazy enough to want to don the T-shirt. And we may try and get together. We forgot to do a picture, didn't we? We, we, we? we may try and get a picture and stick that up on the website so you can just see how wonderful you'll look. And if you want any other colour or design, if you go to streetshirts.co.uk, if there's any design or colour you want, I can stick it on the shop and it would be fun. So... Uh, Get in contact with us. Twitter at PhysicsTP. Email contact at thephysicsteachingpodcast.com. 
Instagram, Robin? Every week you ask you me this. still don't know. Every, well, why would I know? I never use Instagram. I have no idea what an Instagram is. I'm old. Repetition. Repetition. <laughs> Learning by repetition, Robin. <laughs> Not by repetition. Repeat after me. Physics underscore teaching underscore podcast. Physics underscore teaching underscore podcast. Mm. I can barely get my head around the energy. Come on. <laughs> Me too. I'm not sure we've done very well today, but we've at least we've given it a good shot and it might get some debate going on Twitter or something like that. I hope so. I hope so. One thing we didn't talk about, and it was one of the, the big elephants in the room, I think, is the fact that the chemists and the biologists and anybody else who deals in the world of energy, including PE teachers, none of them are using this new form of energy. So they always use the old style discussions of energy. <laughs> Therefore, you do have this slightly um, difficult, you know, what, how are chemists going to change their discussion of activation energy? I see no sign that they will do. So that's another one that we'll have to see how the cards fall. That is a big elephant in the room. So it's not just if our kids go and work abroad, it's they go and do a different A-level. They go and work in the next door lab. Yeah, it's true. It's just, yeah. I think that's for another episode. <laughs> no, we could do that, yeah. Just get shouted at by chemists and biologists for a whole episode for mucking up the world of energy for them. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, fellow professionals. Um, we're, just, we're just trying. We're trying our best. Um, <laughs> sorry right Robin that's plenty um, it's been a real pleasure speaking to you and I'll talk to you next week for the finally we get to ways to teach dot 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 displacement velocity acceleration or distance speed acceleration kinematics or kinematics yeah it's going to be good I'm looking forward to that great see you take care Thank you to Tom Norris and Brian Lane for their contributions this week. I've had an email and four people voted yes on our Twitter poll to make new vacuum cannons. So I've ordered the parts to make ten more and they should be ready to ship next week. You can order them at our website the.physicsteachingpodcast.com shop. Thanks for listening and we'll speak to you next week.